Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies. I'm Adriana Milne, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training. And very much welcome to our Zoomies podcast today on Radio Karen on this very warm afternoon here in Melbourne, Kingston. So, how has been your new year? Did you have exciting times with your family and your pets? Yeah, it's been pretty cool, uh, much cooler than I expected over Christmas and early um, late December, but now it's starting to get a taste of summer. <laughs> so please keep your dogs and pets very well hydrated. So one of the topics today of our podcast is going to be puppies. So I wanted to start sharing some thoughts with you. So one of the things that I would give some food for thought for you to consider is when you're thinking buying a puppy. I want you to think, is it the right moment in your life? Have you budgeted for a new puppy in your life? Keeping in mind that the first year in a puppy's life is actually uh, a quite considerable expense because they will have more. You have to purchase everything from scratch. They've got um, got vaccinations, more visits to the veterinarian, and uh, you definitely the the requirement of puppy school is a must do. So you need to have plan ahead and for any emergencies. And considering if you're going to have your pet uh, enrolled in a, to choose a pet insurance for your pet, okay, for future any problems that may come up. So if you have some spare time to allow the new puppies settling in the new home. If you are on holidays, it could be a period that you could consider because you're going to be a bit more around the house and you cannot simply buy, get a puppy, and then just go back into full-time work. There's a considerable period of adjustment for the puppy. You have just left the mom, its siblings, and the... you know, the surroundings that was comfortable and was born and then comes to a new home and you can't just go to work and just leave this puppy totally alone. So it's not fair. Just don't do that. So you talked, have you talked to your family about acquiring a new puppy? Have they all agreed with the concept? And including, uh, are, you, are they all keen to actually help you raising the puppy? It's very interesting, everybody. Hip, hip, hooray, great idea. But just one person ended up being left with all the work. And there is quite a considerable amount of things to do and guidance for the puppy. So um, I wanted to talk then when you consider getting a puppy, you would think in getting from the breeder, the potential person where you're going to get, in between eight weeks and 12 weeks of age ideal because that's when they're weaned from the mom, uh, in a sense, for going to the future owners. Um, and other thing is, it, please do not get a puppy when it's younger than eight weeks of age. It's not fair. They definitely need the, the moms and uh, the siblings. They, uh, the moms will be the first ones who will be teaching some precious skills for this new pup. So the breed, have you actually researched the breed that you're going to get? There are different dog breed groups. And uh, I do highly suggest you please research the breed because it's not because uh, a little puppy you saw on the Instagram or whatever, social media, or saw on telly that looks cute or you saw in a movie. Some breeds are not for everyone. I'm not going to mention any breeds, but if you are not an active person, if maybe you've got any physical issues, 
and you need a calmer dog. So, for example, a border collie might not be the choice for you. If you are, an, on the other hand, an active person, very outdoorsy, and you like exercising a lot, and you've got plenty of time to offer exercise for a working dog, then a border collie, a kelpie, it might be for you. And you'll need to definitely look at the surroundings, your um, size of the backyard, and uh, how much space have you got in your house. You cannot just leave a dog inside. The dogs need to be able to sniff outside grass. And in case you live in apartments, then it's still going to have to be able to be offered sniffing opportunities uh, for plants and grasses outside being taken out more often. Okay? So when you think about working dogs, just for to cite a couple or two free examples of the types of dogs from this group, you've got, as I mentioned, the Kelpie, the Border Collie, the German Shepherd, okay? They do require a high level of exercise and mental stimulation. They're very intelligent. And, um, yeah, so they are examples. Scent hounds, for example, you've got the Beagle, the Foxhound, you know, their nose roll. <laughs> Plenty of sniffing, sniffing opportunities for these guys, more, uh, still more than the other ones. Gun dogs, uh, I actually happen to own one. For example, the English Cocker Spaniels, the Labrador Retrievers, the Golden Retrievers. Yeah, very active breeds as well. And um, it does require some good amount of exercise and a good sized backyard and plenty of outings. The Terriers terrier group, for example, the Jack Russell, the Airedale Terrier, Westland Highland Terriers, some of the examples, okay? Uh, very active little dogs, even though uh, some are a bit more petite size, like a Jack, Jack Russell, you know, but yeah, very active little breed. You've got the ut utility group, including some of the, the breeds from this group, the Dalmatian, the Boxer, and a toy breed, the toy breed, for example, the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and the, the Maltese and the Shih Tzus, okay? They are more your lap dogs. Some can still be a bit um, energetic, but the toys are in between. With the research within the toy group, you'll find the calmer types, for, for example, for an elderly person. Um, okay? So then you have to consider the size of the dog. If you're not keen in having... Uh, a big dog. Don't forget, puppies are little. They're small. You need to see what actually the adult size is going to be down the track. If you f think like an Akita or an Alaska Malamute looks petite size when they're little, you have to see what the actual adult size looks like because that's what you're going to live with in the future for a good 10-year-plus time in your life. And other point to consider is the coat type and color. Color is a particular taste, and it can vary from person to person, but the coat type. So you have to think of the grooming, the grooming costs that are going to be involved. Our dogs need to be washed thoroughly and combed regularly. But when it comes to coating, you, and the type of coat can require quite a bit of grooming. For example, if you think a Labradoodle, a Grudo, an English Cocker Spaniel, a Shih Tzu, an Afghan Hound, all these ones got a coats. Uh, an Irish setter that would require maintaining and a professional groomer every six weeks would be ideal. So you have to put uh, in your budget the cost of all these grooming visits as well. So in base of the cost, um, I if you're going to go for a 
a just purebred dog, I would highly uh, mention to you, do research the breeds, the reputable dog breeders who are registered with Dogs Victoria. That's uh, our state, Victoria. And uh, have a good look, have a talk with them. Prices are slightly going to defer a little bit, but uh, do give preference for these sort of reputable breeders. You can talk, exchange some ideas, ask some questions, and you're going to get a feel of uh, who will be the best person to, to choose as a, to be in a potential waiting list for your puppy. And then you have to think of sex. Sex or the puppy. Do you prefer a female or a male puppy? And this can be a particular preference as well. And uh, I'm very flexible about that, but some people might have a particular preference. you know. And uh, one thing to consider is when you just sex uh, a puppy, there's a slight different prices, uh, male, female as well. And... Um, yeah, so it's something you're gonna have to have a, a good think about. I am going for a short break coming up, and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Hello there, this is Andrew Tanner from the Woodland Hunters and Sand Pebbles, urging you to listen in to my pal Tor Larson on Radio Karen, local independent community radio. Hi, welcome back, everyone. We are listening to Zoomies, your doggy podcast with Adriana Milne on Radio Karen. So, on continuation of our main topic today, puppies, uh, when to get and um, how to consider a puppy and the things involved in having one. So, there's so much about, but today is just a few points that I want to exchange ideas with you. So, how would you go and select a puppy? So when you consider the professional breeders, you can actually put your name on a waiting list, as I said before. Some breeders have websites as well, so you actually can go and have a look on their websites and see photographs of the beaches and the sires that they breed from. If you got a particular choice of colors, then and uh, you like the look or you know a bit of the pedigree of a particular one because it may have been a, a very top show dog and you like a you know, progenity uh, one pup from that particular beach or sire, then you can ask when is going to be the next litter coming from that particular uh, dog in case. So you can contact them via email, but don't forget, the top breeders receive lots of emails. So you can try to ring them as well and show that you will be keen. They are very selective. The very good breeders are very selective who their puppies go to because they really look one the best homes for their puppies and they will be uh, helping you a great deal along the way. So, and they need to know that you have a basic knowledge and uh, will be an uh, ideal home for this puppy. So, you then find out when the next puppy litter is going to be available, and you just have to think uh, at that time in your year if that's uh, something to suit you, because you might have, if you're going to go on holidays, for example, don't get a puppy before going on holidays. Maybe the next litter that comes along later in the year might be the best for you when you're back and uh, back to your normal routine. If you happen to then decide to go uh, for a breeder in your local state, great uh, suggestion would be to actually try to liaise and organize a time that you can pop in and uh, actually meet the parents that this potential puppy that you're thinking having from that litter later on. If the breeder is there and um, they have very keen to actually get to know you and to show you around their lovely dogs. So 
you can watch the puppies once they're born. Obviously, watch the parents for sure. Check for temperament. If you think there's something that you don't like, please uh, don't consider that particular uh, a dog. And then once the litter is born, and if you are in that state, it's worth having another trip. And actually come and watch the puppies. You can come um, if obviously the breeder allows and agrees with, and you actually can watch the puppies at a bit of a distance. And you can uh, observe their personalities and see one might be a bit more a bit shy type and the other more super confident, and then you've got the ones uh, in the middle line. Just at close inspection, when you actually come and approach them close, you see if they are all looking very healthy. If there's no sign of fleas, and you can check as well how they're being uh, kept on the premises. If the whole setup is indoors, if it's outdoors, which type of floor and surfaces this pup is already being used to once they were born, you know, um, if they are on a, you know, decking or is tile area, uh, floorboards, all that sort of thing, carpeted areas, and how they've been raised. You get a good amount of information just by observation. That's why it's so important to actually, if you've got opportunity to go and see for yourself, oh yeah, there's nothing that um, you know beats that. And then once you start talking, you say you found one that you're very keen on. And then you can ask if there's any sale contract agreement with the breeder if you happen to buy a puppy from this particular breeder. And after they are vet checked, because they, all these puppies are going to be vet checked and having the first vaccination by the breeder, uh, choice of vet, and see if they agree that you later on have your, this puppy checked by your vet, the vet that you normally use. And in case there is anything that's found not to be correct, as being privately stated by the breeder or the previous vet, the initial check vet, you can talk about this with your breeder. So I think it's very important to have any clauses that you may think might be useful to be put on a contract of sale. If there's anything that was found not to be suitable, if there's a, a chance to return the puppy. I know once the puppy goes home, people fell in love and would never consider. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. If you have the option to buy or adopt a puppy from a rescue organization or shelter, if this is the way you wish to go, you can talk to quite a few of them. So one of the things that the source of the, where the puppy comes from, sometimes the information may be provided by the rescue organization or the shelter, sometimes it's totally unknown. And the opportunity to meet the parents will be minimal, non-existent, because a lot of them got surrendered by whatever reason may be. And as long as you know that they've been warmed, they're checked, they look healthy, and you really like the idea of helping uh, an a young dog that comes from an unknown environment and give it a chance, an adoption dog, uh, if you feel that's for you, please go ahead and do it. It's a very loving thing to do. And I have no problems with that. But it's just that the amount of information is quite more uh, a smaller quantity available. Okay? Still need training, definitely. 
And uh, some of the shelter organizations, if you already have a house dog, you can bring along and see if they actually get along the your dog, existing dog with the, the puppy from the shelter that you're considering adopting. Okay? So then what happens? Once the puppy gets home or even before you need to before you actually, you know, consider buying one, I would say, please, you definitely need to check that all the property fences are safe, that there are no gaps, holes that need to be filled in, or paling that needs to be just uh, hammered again to be considered safe for a dog to be able to run on the premises. And no risk of escaping. Uh, you've got a lot of equipment you're going to have to buy. For example, some to, to mention will be a flat collar, a lead, Water bowl, food bowl, bedding, a mat. I do like the idea of having mats to teach the puppy to settle indoors calmly on the living area, you know, especially in the evening when everybody's tired and just want to relax and chill out watching telly or having dinner. A training pouch to be using during training to put food reward treats inside for classes, for example, as well in your outings when you walk your dog and at the park. The food, dry or wet food. The, a playpen, I think, is very handy because there are some situations that when you have to go out and the puppy should not have access to the whole house, otherwise they'll do a lot of mistakes, chew items that they shouldn't chew and do until they are toilet trained, they can simply leak and poo and urinate in all over the place. So a playpen is uh, something very wise in investing. And you can set a playpen in indoors and sometimes outside until the puppy you consider safe enough to have the run of the backyard. Crate, if you're going to decide crate train your puppy. Suitable toys, definitely um, a real uh, plus there for the environment enrichment toys, food dispensing toys that make the puppy work for its food, such as the cone, the wobbler, leaky mats, snuffle mats. If you uh, purchase your puppy towards the cold weather, like winter, uh, it's going to need a little jacket for winter when you start going out for walkies. You're going to find a, a groomer that you can trust. That's really important because you're going to have to introduce your puppy safely to the comb, to the cooperative care, being handled gently to water. There has to be a nice introduction to water and a safe one. Um, I actually, on this note, uh, have uh, just witnessed there was in my state area, I live in Patterson Lakes, there was a grooming van that came to groom a puppy that was with the, the parents while the, the couple went away on holidays. And from my house, I could just hear the little puppy squealing, squealing because was having the first introductions to a professional groomer on a van that happens to be a more confined environment to the blow dryer that makes a lot of noise and uh, you really want to find someone you can trust and it's not going to push too hard your puppy especially in the beginning when it's so important to have a positive association with the groomer and the utensils you know with the hose uh, if you put a hose at full blast is the water pressure is quite high and it can really spook the puppy can actually terrify them and the same happens to the blow dryer that if you put on you know in on the maximum is a lot of noise in some situations. So there's a lot of work if you do a puppy school and if you use uh, the services of a force-free qualified dog trainer that you can actually start exposing gently your puppy to all this new world that you'll be facing coming up. Um, 
we are going to go for another little short break. And uh, you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Mion. I'm Councillor Chris Hill, Deputy Mayor of the City of Kingston, and you're listening to Radio Karen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Zoomies, your doggy podcast with Adriana Mion on lovely Radio Karen. So... Another essential a must-do is to, when you get a puppy, enroll in puppy school. So there are quite a few puppy schools that are run out there. You have puppy schools at the local vet clinics, at the local pet shops, the local professional trainers, the, if you happen to have an obedience school, a dog school nearby, most of them will run puppy classes. The only aspect that some of these places, um, most of the dog schools uh, are run by volunteers. Some of the volunteers uh, receive uh, in-house dog training uh, course, and uh, others are just volunteers that have been doing this uh, for the kindness of their heart for many years, so they do happen to have a good level of experience. But I do feel that if you could find a professional, qualified, force-free dog trainer that actually has other paths that after puppy school have another courses to offer because uh, that will be the best possible way to go. Puppy school is only the beginning of a puppy education. It's not the only thing they should know and the owner should do in life. There's so much to learn about having a dog, a puppy, if someone is new to this world of dog ownership. And that would not be enough information for the family, for the things they'll be facing in, uh, you know, on the next few months and the years to come. For the best that the trainer can be or the school can be. So don't put all the weight on the trainer thinking, now my puppy is going to attend a four-week, five-week course, and that's if something happens later on, it's all the trainer's fault. It doesn't work like these guys. Okay, You just have to take responsibility and accountability that the puppy is going to do a course, then you're going to be the person living with this puppy 24-7. Okay? And for years to come, there's so much more to learn for both of you and for your family as well. So be uh, responsible and take accountability for what you need to do. Try to do the right thing. So then... If you just finally decide for a place where to take your puppy for education, uh, check, I would highly suggest, go and check for yourself. Before you actually come to the first class, if there's another course running before, go and ask permission to come and attend one class and just get a few. Get a few of the person that's running this course. If they're a good fit with you to work together and with your lovely puppy, check the area. Very important that there's enough space on this uh, puppy school environment, that the puppies are not literally on top of each other. Some vet clinics and some pet shops, the floor space is really small and is not suitable, and they're still running these classes out there. So I would not recommend that. Uh, ideally, you're going to have about um, one meter and 30, 50 centimeters in between each puppy. So if you got your puppy on a little section on a chair and then you've got, say, settling on a mat... You measure about probably about three meters in between until the other puppy starts, until the other person and owner is sitting with the puppy. Uh, Idea will be about three meters apart. And if it's too much on top of each other, if there's no space, it's not suitable because what's going to happen? They're going to see other puppies and they're going to have two aroused, especially when they start greeting, meets and greets, and if it's a more aroused and bubbly environment. 
they need to learn to settle and to actually be able to focus on your handler as well. Those puppy party scenarios are totally is, is part of the past. We don't accept that sort of thing anymore. The science of dog, you know, the technology and all the education in canine science have evolved so much since then, and there's no way that that's going to be used anymore. If it still happens, please just stay a mile from it. We want them to socialize, but socialization is not only meeting dogs and puppies. It's actually really getting acquainted to people, to, to new environments, to new surfaces, to noises, sounds, to objects, you know, all these sort of things are part of socialization in a dog's life. So you want the best for your puppy. Have a look. And when you start talking to the trainer before you even enroll in a course, not just go and uh, check social media. You need to actually to get the phone and ring and talk to the person. Because by talking to the person, you're going to get a feel of who is going to be on the other side teaching your dog. Sometimes it can look very good, the website or social media, but the person you might not get along or you just don't like the way they their style. So if you see the person is calm, generous, and is really he listens to you very well, he doesn't rush you through the call, and you have a chance to explain a bit of concerns that you may have, and you like the, the venue that you visited, the, the location is good, the time suits you, yeah, then go ahead, please, and book. So it can vary how many people can attend the classes. Some places is just uh, one or two, or other places allow the couple and the kids to come. But it needs to be a calm environment because if it's too bubbly, you know, kids running around, that's not suitable for anyone to learn. The puppy arouses very quickly. They've got short attention span. So it needs to be um, a calm environment, an optimal environment for learning for all day. So you have to check as well the duration of the course, uh, if the price is okay for you, if you are actually going to be available at all the class dates, because if someone enrolls on a course and then uh, just going to go happen to a five-week course, going to miss two weeks, that's not the ideal scenario. You know, just make a commitment when you enroll and just do come our weeks. If for whatever reason you have to go away for work or some one week you are sick, you still please still get another family member to bring the puppy. You know, so they don't miss the class. Just make it serious and commit, okay? So you definitely want to choose a, a puppy trainer who is very experienced, who is a force-free trainer, member of the dog training professional associations in Australia, such as APDT, uh, PPGA, Delta Institute, okay? So how do you sel uh, select the puppy? That part I got covered. So, as I mentioned to you, puppies are a great idea, but when you um, just rush and you buy on impulse, it becomes what you don't want. That's why you really need to be agreeable with all the family members, because there are some situations in some health conditions sometimes that uh, to have a young puppy, you might not be suitable, and maybe another type of pet, such a cat, might be the best for that person has maybe some physical mobility limitations or maybe then if it happens to be an assistant dog for that person might be the best choice. So I wanted to mention to you as well, uh, we Australia and now around the world has been uh, a bit different, slightly tougher economical times, you know, face everyone has been facing it. Not just the interest rates, uh, some people who are paying uh, new homes and uh, the cost of living has been increasing quite dramatically over since last year and unfortunately looks like similar 
uh, this year. So I was trying to just uh, share with you some opportunities how you could actually save some money while keeping your dogs in, in top tip conditions in, for health, for shape, and um, you know you want the, always the best for them. But how can you actually manage all this within the, all the cost of the grocery bills if you have paying rent and the cost of putting kids for school and buying clothes and all that? So some of the things that I was going to uh, talk to you about, for example, when uh, once you actually find a suitable dog food brand that provides your puppy or your dog with all the nutrients it needs, try them to buy a bigger packaging or in bulk if you can, because that will be cheaper on the longer run, okay? So some of the online pet businesses can actually offer food, toys, grooming kits, uh, dog shampoo, you know, grooming kits like comb, brushes, and uh, their conditioner. Sometimes dog clothes as well, even pet bedding, warming paste, uh, dental care products, all in one place. So if you can actually plan ahead and purchase all the products you are going to need, say, for example, for the next three months, and do a big, bigger order, you can actually save on delivery fees as well. I've been trying to do this, and it can really uh, be quite a good idea. Instead of buying little tiny orders, often not big enough, because then you get charged uh, the shipping fees, the delivering fees, okay? So this is some food for thought. Plan ahead. Learn to wash your own dog. That's something. If you've got a dog with short coat, a British short coat, and you've got an outside part in your backyard in a nice hose, especially in the summer, it's still going to be hot for the next couple of months. And you buy then the shampoo. Your dog is relaxed, being handled by you uh, when you wash and have the hose around. He's not nervous, doesn't get scared. And you've got a suitable condition and shampoo. And even if you happen to take your dog off to the beach and he needs to get the excess and the, the sand and the dirt, you know, being rinsed off. So... Start washing your dog. That can be a situation that you could consider. And it can be great fun. If you get wet, so what? Just put old clothes and everybody have fun in the sun, okay? Uh, and even uh, those half-claim shells can be quite useful. You know, you can put a bit of water and you can have one to wash and the other just to rinse off. One of the places, for example, where I found a, a portable swimming pool is actually Kmart. So when my puppy came along on holidays and she went to the beach, I just had a portable swimming pool where I could fill from the tap with the holes there in the tap, and then I could rinse her off. And it worked beautifully, and it was so easy to package the whole thing and transport in the car. Like, it didn't take any space. Easy peasy, yes. So and um, if you use the discounts that your local pet shop offers, if you buy often from the pet shop, for example, a lot of them can offer some discounts and do take advantage of them. Many times they text you when you've got big promotions, like uh, over November you have the Black Friday, you had the Cyber Monday, and then uh, you have the, the Boxing Day sales. <laughs> and, you know, whenever this sort of things happen and you need something around that sort of time, why not take advantage of these discounts? Some other discounts might come via their e-newsletters or even uh, email offers. Okay, so yeah, it's a good idea when the time is right for you and use it, please. Other uh, suggestion is if you got a calm dog 
and if your dog travels very nicely, beautiful, and your pet has been the new puppy introduced to the car and is going well, on few occasions you can research ahead pet-friendly accommodation within your state. And you can uh, launch, the, launch the idea for your family, see how they feel about, because uh, you're going to impose the company <laughs> companionship of your dog to the others as well during holidays. And just get a feel if they are fine about. And then uh, you can actually, if it goes well, y- you could consider it in other occasions. There are times you're going to want just to go along with your family, or if you go interstate overseas, obviously, is another story. But... If you go local, uh, a weekend away, you could start with a weekend away to just test the waters and see how it goes before you commit to a week or two weeks holiday with your dog. And if all goes great, it can actually save you in boarding fees, in boarding kennel fees or pet sitting fees, you know. And your dog is going to enjoy so much the experience being around you and all this discovery tour that's going to be offered to him. Another point that I want to share with you is Never, ever try to save on your puppy training or your junior puppy or your adolescent training and adult dog training fees and education and your own education as a pet owner, a dog owner, because this is a must-do. If you try just to do yourself, there is so much information out there. You're going to be confused. You're going to have a lot of information coming from balance trainers from force-free trainers that's the way you should go the force-free training world and then you're going to have some you know youtube videos from overseas you're going to be like a mix in your head and in the end you're really not going to be knowing which way to go so once you decide with one person you stick to that if you feel is the right fit and i just wish that everyone has the most wonderful journey with their puppies uh, lovely puppies will turn into great safe teenage adolescent dogs continue their education and become the ideal dogs the perfect or (laughs) you know the the dogs of your dreams that you could have incredible journey with them for years to come and the whole family has the great times of their lives so i think on this note i'm finishing the podcast for today thank you so much for joining us one last uh, thing that i was going to say before we close is i will be starting puppy school but the older puppy the senior puppy classes from end of january at the venue the morielic beach primary school uh, that's uh, very much uh, located in the central of morielic and if you come to my website so you're going to have the junior puppy school starting on the wednesday 6 15 p.m and the adolescent teenager puppy school the uh, 7 15 p.m and these are for puppies that actually miss out on puppy school because of the age they'll be too old for puppy school or whatever reason may be that they got adopted and then they were already that age and they just were you know too old for puppy school and for some reason life happens guys i understand i'm not going to be critical of anyone and that's why the opportunity is open there so the other uh, there's another course starting later on in february as well and i'll be sharing further down with you when uh, in the next couple of weeks so uh thank you so much so please look after your pets don't forget you still got quite a bit of sunshine or hot weather to come keep them cool try to walk them early in the day and uh, plenty of water for both of you 
And, uh, you know, when a very hot day, just if you have opportunity to keep them indoors, please do, because the high humidity is incredible. You know, like you feel like in Queensland right now. <laughs> it didn't used to be like this before, but it has become. So, uh, yeah, hydrate yourself, your puppies, look after them. And uh, any sign that they're not doing well, take to the vet. Don't feed your puppy or your dog heavy meals before intense exercise. Uh, it's better to get the exercise, let it cool down, and then give some space of time. And then a bit later, you feed them, Okay. So no high-intense exercise when it's very hot days as well. Just keep a bit more on the mild note. So thank you so much for listening to us. And it was a great pleasure to be here with you today in 2024. So closing up for now, I'm Adriana Mill with Zoomies. Bye.